Hello, welcome back to Savopedia, episode 12. This is the first week of November. Hope everyone's having a good fall so far. Uh, this week, I think we have a good show. We're going to be talking a little bit about divorce after 50. Diane Marola is going to be on in a couple of minutes. We always love having Diane with us. Uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to have some great content, I think. Uh, some self-help mental health episodes coming up. Very interesting. Next week, we're going to try and do one of our travel shows and some really interesting guests coming up as well. Uh, we're working now to bring on a national public speaker, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and I think you'll enjoy it as well and more information to follow, which will also be posted on the website. So our website again is www.savopediamedia.com. S-A-V-O-P-E-D-I-A-M-E-D-I-A.com. So check out our coming episodes there. And we're taping this is Saturday. So today is Saturday the... I got to look at my watch. I don't even know. Today is Saturday the 7th. Big news of the day, as you know, is if you own a TV, uh, we have a new president Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I know that that's been dominating the news all week is this election. And, uh, you know, hopefully things are looking up and I wish them well. Uh, either way, I think either side you sit on, I think we can all agree there needs to be a peaceful transition. So far there hasn't, judging by the tweets we're seeing. I don't know how anyone can just sit there and say, no, I'm not leaving. Because uh, at some point, come January 20th, they will physically escort him out of the building. Who knows? Maybe that'll be just as entertaining. I don't know. If, if, if you can't concede the election at this point uh, and don't think there should be a peaceful transition, then anything else is unacceptable. It, it goes against the foundation of what this country is built on, right? It's really why we're, well, we used to be the beacon of hope for other nations. And if you truly believe deep down, deep down that the outgoing president should not accept the final results, even after the possible court battles coming up or recounts or whatever, even if it gets to that, which is a shame in itself, but even if it does and they exhaust all of their legal actions, and you still don't believe that he should accept the final results, then I honestly think you need to take a hard look at your own morals. I really don't know what else to say. And, you know, I'm not trying to get too much into it. And we can always discuss politics. I don't mind at all. Uh, I try not to get too much into it on this show, but let me know. Shoot me an email. You know, I say, I tell you every week, our email, steve at savopediamedia.com. Shoot me an email. Tell me what you think. But for now, really, I'll get off my soapbox and we're going to change the subject to this week's topic, uh, divorce after 50, which is a far cry from the election. Uh, but again, like I said, I don't want to get into, get into it too much. Perhaps we'll get back to that on another show. But uh, at this point, I'm going to let Diane jump in. So Diane and I were talking and the subject of divorce came up. And we both have experience in this area. Me so, me more so. I've been divorced twice. Fool me once. We thought it would be a great idea to share and touch on some points, uh, specifically regarding mature relationships uh, many people have this belief that divorce mainly happens to young kids, if you will. Uh, you always say, oh, they were too young, too immature. And my first marriage, maybe that might have been the case. I was married when I was 23. Um, but that's not always true. So there's been a steady increase with older couples getting separated divorce. Is that true? That is true, Steve. So um, for people who are 50 and over, um, and you and I are both in that age group now, believe it or not. Um, mm -hmm. So it is called 
uh, there's actually a name for it, and it's called gray divorce. And uh, for people over 50, uh, the divorce the divorce rates have doubled since 1990. And then for those 65 and above, they have tripled. So people are getting divorced later. They are, um, and these are folks who have been married a long time. Um, I was married 23 years before I filed for divorce. So, um, so people are getting divorced older. You think it's more of people who are waiting for kids to grow up? It's a, yes, that, um, that's one of the reasons, um, is that, um, you know, folks are waiting for their kids to get older and grow up. Um, and they feel that that's the right time to do it. Um, sometimes there are other reasons. Sometimes people are just trying to figure it out. They're going to marriage counseling. Um, and, uh, you know, so that uh, is a reason. And then the other reason is finances, because when you do get divorced, um, both parties are going to pretty much suffer financially. So it's it's a lot of different reasons why people are waiting. And I was surprised when I was doing some reading into the subject more. I mean, I didn't have to do a lot of reading because I've been divorced twice, but I was surprised that money was like one of the top two reasons. That's correct, because um, I can only speak for the state of Rhode Island, um, having been divorced in Rhode Island. Rhode Island is a no-fault state. Right. So um, everything gets divided up pretty much 50-50. And then if you are, I call it the breadwinner um, in the relationship, um, then you um, will have to pay alimony. Um, and that, uh, and of course, if you have children um, and they are under a certain age, um, you have to pay child support too. So, and it's not, um, in the old days, Steve, um, when we, I call them traditional marriages, when it was the man who was the breadwinner and the woman was staying home raising the kids, it was the woman who was you know, getting the alimony and, mm-hmm. and and that type of thing. But now the reverse is true because women are often making more than their spouses. Um, so um, so we do have equal rights. Anyone who doesn't think we yeah. have equal rights, I don't know where they're getting that from, but we do. So. I was never lucky enough to be able to <laughs> collect alimony. <laughs> Well, you should have married me then, because um, that's, that almost happened to me um, because I was, um, you know, uh, on paper making more mm-hmm. uh, than my ex-husband. So he wanted alimony and the judge was going to um, award it to him. And the only way that I got out of that was our house was uh, fully paid for. So... Um, I said, well, I'll give you the house and pretty much everything in it. And that's, that's what I did. Um, and, and then he dropped the issue uh, with the alimony. I would assume that worked out well for you. It did work out well because if, if you know, thankfully, Steve, I've, been, um, I've had great jobs all my life um, and I've always made been able to support myself. But if I, you know, if I would have had to pay alimony plus, um, you know, leaving the house and there would have oh, been yeah. no way that would have set me back way back. Right. Right. So, um, you know, losing the house was, was tough, um, because there was equity in that house and, uh, you know, we had done a lot of work in that house. Um, but you know, when it comes to divorce, nobody really is a winner uh, financially. Everybody kind of loses financially. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and just to go back a little bit, I was thinking, too, when I asked about reasons getting divorced, and maybe it's because waiting for the kids to grow up, and my mindset is always thinking now, when, when you talk older folks getting divorced— um, 
I automatically, like I'm thinking of my parents' generation that, oh, you know, they never got divorced. They just stayed together. Mm -hmm. But as we're chatting, I realize that, no, it's my generation now is the older generation. So we weren't brought up in the same times as our parents. No, we were, we were brought up in very different times. And, you know, when our parents were brought up, um, again, I call it that traditional marriage where it was uh, the man went to work, the woman stayed home, raised the kids. I mean, that's certainly how I grew up. Um, you know, many, many women um, were in abusive marriages during that time and they couldn't, couldn't get out of them. Mm -hmm. um, and so with the women's movement um, in the seventies and, and, you know, again, women are on, we're on an equal playing field pretty much when it comes to salaries and jobs and things like that. So things have changed. So um, couples, um, you have two people um, who are working and, um, you know, then they have kids and, so it's a little different, but yeah, we're in that age group now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I have not, to come to realize. Yeah, we're not in our 20s anymore, mm. are we? <laughs> in, in our hearts, we are. Well, yeah, right, exactly. And my maturity level. Well, my maturity level is like 16, but that's, yeah. <laughs> that's not the That'll story, be, so. yeah, this, that will be a whole separate podcast. <laughs> that, that'll be a whole separate podcast. So I was surprised that you said people 65 and above, the rates have tripled. Yeah, it's true. So, um, and, and people, you know, people stay in it. Um, they try and I mean, I don't know about you, but I knew when, when my marriage was certainly old, over. Mm -hmm. So, um, three years into my marriage, I knew it was over, but I stayed in it another 20 years. So, um, you know, you, you just, you try, you know, there's the, um, the financial aspect of things that you have to consider. There's the emotional, um, side that you have to consider the legal expenses you, you know, you have to consider if you have children, you have to consider mm -hmm. the well being of the children. If you have pets, <laughs> you know, that's another issue that you have to consider. So, um, there's a lot of things to think about. And then of course, if you were, you know, I was raised Catholic and so you, you're raised, you know, uh, for better, for worse, richer, for poorer and sickness and health till death do you part, you know, uh, and what God, I forget what the expression was, what God is brought together, let no man take away. I mean, all of that comes into play. Religion comes into play too. So I, I was going to ask that too. You think one of the factors too is people worry about what others may think or what family might say? Yeah, I, I you do. You know, um, you definitely do. And, um, you know, I certainly can give a woman's perspective where, um, you know, if uh, certainly there, I had the feeling that if I got divorced, that I had failed at something. Mm -hmm. um, so there was that. Um, and then it was having the label of being divorced. So it's, it's almost, I compare it, I, for me anyways, it's, it's almost like a scarlet letter, you know, oh, you're divorced. And when, um, you know, when I would tell people I'm divorced, they would immediately say, oh, well, you'll find somebody else. And that would, <laughs> that would make me mad because I right. would say, well, but I'm not looking for anybody. <laughs> no. I'm perfect. Uh, I, I'm good. So, um, so it was, it was all of that, you know, but you do, you, I, at least me, I, I felt like I had failed at something that I had tried and tried at something and that I had failed. So, um, so there's that too. And like I said, I've been through it twice. So apparently I wasn't too worried about what people were thinking. <laughs> You're brave. <laughs> like I said, fool me once, fool me twice. Shame on me. Well, but, you know, I, it, marriage is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And I love seeing heterosexual couples together. I love mm -hmm. seeing gay couples together. I love people seeing, you know, I love to see people in love. I love going to weddings. But, um, 
you know, just didn't work out for me. <laughs> so. it, it took me a few times. Um, I know that, you know, I always joke around too. Uh, I'm a huge Abbott and Costello fan and they used to do this bit about marriage and Bud Abbott said that marriage is a three ring circus. There's the engagement ring, the wedding ring and the suffering. Suffering. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I've learned though, particularly being um, a mental health counselor, so I do a lot of couples counseling, is that the ingredients to a good marriage are actually pretty simple. Um, and, and we kind of make it really complicated. Mm -hmm. But if you marry your best friend, your true best friend, and you have someone who you respect and you have compassion for, and of course, if the sex is great too, I mean, it's all of those things, but, but the foundation really is a good, solid friendship. And I think that sometimes people do not pick their partners, um, you know, based on a friendship and, and that's really the way that we should do it is it should be a good, solid friendship first, and then the rest will follow, you right. know, and that respect and compassion, um, and, um, you know, build each other up, not tear each other down, um, all of those things. And I think communication too, and I could speak for myself. I know I'm guilty of it at times. You, something's bothering you or something's not right. You just, I, I was raised like my father, right? So if something bothered him, he just didn't say anything. And you knew when he was quiet, that meant something was bothering them. But communication is key. Definitely. And so um, girls and boys are raised differently. So girls are raised where we are very emotional, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we cry and we yell. <laughs> we do all those things. Um, but men are not raised that way. I mean, boys are 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 taught that if they show their emotions, they get called names. Right. So um, boys are taught to hide their emotions. And um, I know my dad, I, he never got mad ever. I mean, I never mm -hmm. saw the man get mad. And I don't know if I don't, you know, I don't know what that was about because, you know, he's not here anymore and he died so long ago that, I don't have the opportunity to ask him if anything ever bothered him, but he never yelled. He, he never got upset. Um, he was always extremely calm. So, um, and all my uncles on his side of the family were that way too. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's funny. The things that I get emotional over, I don't, really get emotional over people or situations. I get emotional with, if I'm watching a movie for, for mm -hmm. whatever reason, I get emotional, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> cry at Disney movies, um, yeah. you know, music or, or what have you, or, or even animals. I get more upset seeing an animal abused than, you know, I'm not saying that it, that I don't care that, People are abused, obviously. That's a terrible thing. But when you see it on TV, I get really upset when I see animal abuse. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you can take me into counseling at some point. <laughs> no, I think it's. I think men need to, to show their emotions more because um, what happens is that ends up confusing their partner. Um, so mm -hmm. if if the man is not showing emotion, then the partner thinks that, um, you know, her husband doesn't care. And that's not the case at all. I mean, I do a lot of couples counseling. I do a lot of individual counseling with men as well. And men are very, you know, feeling people. Um, but, you know, women don't usually know that because men just don't show their feelings or their emotions to women. You did say in our conversation, so divorce in general is, as you put it, painful and complicated. 
and you mentioned it impacts families and finances, um, and the legal process can be very expensive. You mentioned that too. So maybe we can just touch on those three things, families, finances, and legal. Sure. So, um, so family, so, you know, a couple becomes one. And so, um, you know, there are the kids and divorce affects children at any age. Um, Mm -hmm. so, um, there is that. Um, and it also affects, you know, you have relationships, hopefully, with your in-laws. Hopefully, your in-laws are not outlaws, as I call them. <laughs> but, um, you know, you end up losing those relationships um, that you had with maybe your brother-in-law or your sister-in-law. Um, so, um, and, you know, if if parents are still alive and they've had a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law and maybe they were close with them and they, you know, then what happens? Um, so you lose relationships. Yeah, that's a great point. Something I never considered. I mean, I, I've been lucky where I've always had good in-laws and um, I'm still friendly with some. Others, not so much, but that's that's a good point. So there's a there's an extended family that gets affected by divorce. Right. And and folks really don't know what to do. So if you you know, if you have brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws and nieces and nephews and you were close with them and now you're divorced and they don't really know what to do. Um, do they, you know, do they still talk to you? Do they not talk to you? Do you still go to family right. events? I mean, that whole dynamic definitely changes and that's a loss for, for people. Um, you know, some people when they get married, um, they kind of um, uh, lose their friends and they don't have hobbies anymore. And, uh, because everything focuses around their marriage and their family. And then when they get divorced, they, you know, they don't have any friends and, and they don't have any hobbies. And mm-hmm. so it can be very isolating. So the whole relationships with in-laws and friends, um, changes, uh, you know, when you get married and then when you, it can, and when you get divorced. And then the adjustment to living alone, or maybe you're not living alone, but the adjustment to not living with a spouse. Right. People have a lot of difficulty. They fear being alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is probably the biggest fear Uh, I would have to say finances and the fear of being alone when I am either when I am counseling someone individually, when they are contemplating getting divorced, Um, they are afraid of being alone and being lonely. um, And they are afraid of finances as well. And finances, that's another good point. So you did tell me that 80% percent of older divorced women are more likely than men to be in poverty at age 65 and older, which I found that shocking. Yeah, it's for that generation. Yes. Um, I didn't see any uh, statistics on our generation. I think our generation is probably a little better off than that because, um, you know, women are college educated and you know, we, we had professional jobs. Um, so I didn't see any statistics for, um, you know, our age group or younger, but, um, yeah, the, the baby boomers, the women are still, still suffering financially. Yes. And can you speak, uh, you know, uh, as your profession where, where you're treating patients, the mental health issues for those getting divorced or the children that are involved. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it. So I do. Um, so I don't um, see uh, children or adolescents. Um, I will see um, eighteen-year-olds and up. And I can tell you that um, that divorce um, definitely impacts them, um, and they um, 
you know, they worry, um, they are upset about the divorce. Um, typically no child wants to see their parents get divorced. So it really impacts them. And a lot of times it impacts the relationships that they will have, that they have with boyfriends and girlfriends and, and that type of thing as well. Um, and you know, for women and men who, who get divorced, um, you know, they, they, again, they're just very fearful and they, and they struggle, they struggle with depression. They struggle with anxiety. They struggle with anger. Um, they are scared. Um, all of, all of those things. So it does affect your mental health. You think it changes so for a child that's old enough to know what's going on? Do you think it changes their outlook on relationships when they become an adult? That's, that's a good question. Um, I would think it would um, in some way. I think you know, you, you hear, um, a lot of children of parents who were divorced say, you know, my parents got divorced. And the last thing that I would ever want to do is, was, you know, is to get divorced. So it definitely does impact them Mm -hmm. in terms of how it impacts their relationship. Um, it will impact their relationship because, um, if you think about it, what we grow up with, um, impacts us in terms of how our relationships go, um, with, um, people of the, you know, opposite sex, or if you're in a, or if you're in a gay marriage too, I mean, Mm -hmm. you're going to model kind of certain things that you grew up in. So if you, you know, a lot of times, for example, um, boys who who saw their fathers kind of beat their mothers they ended up you know being uh doing the same thing um so we so we do end up modeling what our parents do um sometimes we are conscious of it and sometimes we're not it's a good point and a great answer to a question that i just sprung on you uh (laughs) So you, you gave me a great list, things to think about before making a decision to file for divorce. And there were a few points. So I'm just going to mention the few points, and then we can just reverse, and we'll just maybe you can touch on each one. Mm-hmm. Um, so you wrote, uh, how will you support yourself financially? Where will you live? Can you afford the economic impact? How will your children be impacted? Pets? And what do you want to keep? So let's start with financially how do you support yourself financially so i'm sure people will be asking themselves that question right and so when i am um talking with either um a man or a woman in um when they are contemplating getting a divorce i talk to them about that um how are you going to support yourself financially um because that's important um you have to be able to support yourself financially um, if you can't, um, then what are you going to do? You're going to have to move in with somebody. Right. And that, and that's <clears> what people, some people have to do. They have to move in with their parents or a brother or sister or something like that. I mean, rents are very high. Uh, they certainly are in Massachusetts. They are in Rhode Island. Um, so um, you really have to, um, as you are contemplating getting a divorce, you have to do the math about how you're going to support yourself. The after effects, right. And you right. touched on where will you live. So that's that's another good point. So you, you really do need to figure out, can I afford to live on my own? Uh, will I need to live with somebody, a roommate? Do I go back and live with family? Right. Exactly. A lot to think about. And overall, can you afford the economic impact? Now, when you say economic impact, are you talking about Paying for the divorce and then surviving afterwards financially or? All of the above. All of so, the above. Um, you know, lawyers I know in Rhode Island are $300 an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what they are in math, but, but that's a lot of money. And, and um, you know, you usually have to, uh, you know, pay them a certain dollar amount up front. 
um, and then they will draw off of that money. So, for example, I had to pay $5,000 up front um, for my attorney to, to start kind of representing me. And thankfully, I had that money. Um, right. So if you don't have the money, um, how do you get divorced? I had the same lawyer for both of mine, and the final day in court, which was really only one day, but both times he said, well, I'll take you to lunch. And I said, oh, you think? <laughs> I think my attorney, is pro his kids probably are, are going to go to a private school yeah. with the amount of Yeah. <laughs> the least you so, can do is lunch. Yeah. So uh, we know we've already spoken about how children can be impacted, um, and that's many different ways. I'm lucky. I have two great daughters. I couldn't ask for better kids in the world. So, and I have a great relationship with both of them. Neither one are living at home. They're older, so, but it's great. So, not saying, you know, oh, well, they adjusted well. I'm sure it was hard on them as well. But I think I'm lucky in the respect where both of those instances were many years ago. So, and I, I don't want to say water under the bridge because there's a lot of things that never get better with time. But I think we're all in a good place now. That's good. So that's, that. that's important. And, you know, ideally, if you can if a couple can do it amicably mm -hmm. and not um, really expose the children to a lot of the drama of divorce, that would be ideal. But we know that that's not that the case in, in a lot of situations. And when there's a lot of fighting and, you know, just a lot of hurt, um, the children end up hurting. They really, really do. So if they're, um, if people can minimize um, getting the children involved, that would be ideal. But unfortunately, that's that's not the case in yeah. a lot of circumstances. And you always hear it, too. So it's either, yeah. well, you know, that's your mother or that's your father. And it's his, yeah. go ask your father. It's his fault. Or, right. Yeah, and it's, that that is unfortunate. Some of it, I think, is just human nature. You're yeah. mad at the person, so you're going to make sure that everybody knows you're mad at the person. Um, you mentioned pets, too, which I was surprised. So people do have to make arrangements for pets or have arguments over pets? They do because most states in this country do not recognize, they recognize pets as basically furniture. Mm -hmm. So in the case of me, um, you know, we had two dogs and um, we didn't have children, and I did not want to separate the dog. So um, in the marriage settlement agreement, it was my ex-husband and I actually share custody of the dog. So, um, so I have them Mondays, um, and then he has them Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I get them back on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And we have an arrangement where we share the dogs. Um, and so um, that's something important to consider because the courts don't recognize, um, I think the state of Alaska, they do. And the, I think there's one other state that recognizes, that considers who can best care for the pet. But um, most states in this country, they consider them an asset like anything else. And if there's two of them, you know, if you can't reach an agreement on your own, they're going to divide them up. Right. I think the good thing there, though, if there is a good piece of that, is that the pets are loved. They have people who love them that much. Yeah. That they, I mean, they want to be with them. Yeah, we've, we're in a different place with pets. Then again, they, you know, we were a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Pets are now considered part of the family. Um, and so um, it's certainly understandable that um, people get emotional over their pets and don't want to give them up and that type of thing. So, um, so yeah, again, if, if something, you know, if you can work something out with your, your ex-spouse and, um, you know, talk talk to your attorney and 
enter into some type of an arrangement that, um, that you can share the pets, that would be ideal. Although I will say working from home all of these months, my cat's looking at me now like, when are, when are you going to go back to the office? <laughs> He's like, get out. <laughs> What's that saying? Dogs have owners and cats have staff. Yeah. Yeah. That's the cat's true. probably like, I need my privacy. Yeah. Yeah. You people going back to work yet? <laughs> right. Um, and then you listed, what do you want to keep? And you mentioned some of that before. So uh, you made a decision when it came to alimony in the house and, but it's people should think of these things ahead of time. Like what are you taking with you and what are you losing? Right. You know, I mean, from my perspective, you know, fighting over furniture, unless it's something from the house of Windsor and (laughs) worth a good, you know, a million dollars, I can understand that. But, you know, but again, people get tied to their stuff and they don't, you know, they, they end up fighting over certain things. So, um, but, you know, make a list of what you, what you want and what you think you might want type of thing. So. And your pet custody issue was also in the paper. Is that correct? Yeah. And Time Magazine. Yeah. Yeah, it made Time Magazine and it made the newspaper because there was an issue where one of the dogs went missing. And uh, so um, this was after we were divorced and uh, the dog was in one of my ex-husband's closets. Um, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So um, and so after that had happened, um, I refused to um, honor the marriage settlement agreement. So then we went back to family court and the judge said to me, so sorry, so sad, you have to honor this and you, you have to continue to honor this agreement where you have to share the dogs with your ex-husband. So I said, well, I'm not. And I took it to the Supreme Court. And that was quite interesting when that happened. And, and they did not rule in my favor. Um, they ruled in my ex-husband's favor. And then I had to pay not only my legal fees, but then, then I had to pay all my ex-husband's legal fees. Oh, so goodness. it ended, yeah, it, it cost <clears throat> me a ton of money. So if you, if you read the Time Magazine article, it will show you how much I spent um, on just that issue. So it was a lot of money. Um, yeah. And is it okay to share those, uh, that, those links in the, uh, when Absolutely. I post? Okay. Yeah, that's all public information. And I knew Um, I knew when, um, you know, it was going to the Supreme court, I knew that it would get attention. Um, and I wanted it to get attention because, um, you know, I wanted the laws in Rhode Island to change and there had been legislation in Rhode Island. Um, it was one of Charlene Lima's bills that, um, you know, pets would be, would not be treated as, you know, a lamp basically, and, you know, every time she introduced that legislation, it never got passed. So, you know, me being a social worker and me being an advocate, I said, well, you know, I'm going to make my personal trouble a, a public issue. And, and that's what I did. Um, and this, our case is actually discussed in, <laughs> in law school now. So, um, that's amazing. You know, yes, it's funny. So, um, yeah. And um, so it, it, it served a purpose. And that's, um, you know, I'm a big believer in that, um, Steve. I, I, I say where there's adversity, there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. And there was adversity between me and my ex-husband. And I wanted to, I always want to help someone else. And um, I know I got a, na- I got a na- nasty um email from some stranger, you know, calling me names and stupid for fighting over dogs or whatever. But, and that's fine. I mean, you, you will get that kind of reaction from people um, when you go public with something, but I am always about if, if I can help another person, if it's just one, one, then, then so be it. But it's, you know, it, was it a lot of money? Yeah. But, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't, it you know i've moved on you know what i mean so yeah there's a lot of people that shouldn't be on social media yeah. that's all i could say 
Make it mean. <laughs> they should. I think Facebook should make you take an English test before they give you an account. Right. And that will clear up so many issues on Facebook anyway. So what breed of dogs are we talking that you have? So I have a um, two senior dogs. So I have a 17-year-old Italian greyhound. Oh, His man. name is Marox. And Marox, he, that was a nickname that my father used to call his brother. And then I have 14-year-old Winnie, who is a Chihuahua mix. Um, and they're both rescues. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're sitting over here listening to me. Right <laughs> That's <now>. awesome. <laughs> are they going to correct you afterwards? Probably. <laughs> <clears throat> so if you are going through a divorce and you're listening to this podcast, um, it's not all doom and gloom. Would you agree? I would agree. You know, I, I really, um, listen, it's difficult. It's awful. It's horrible. Um, it's all of those things, but, um, your life isn't over. And, um, you know, it, it, it's an opportunity to start over. Um, and at the end of the day, it really is important for us to be happy. Um, it's terrible mm -hmm. if you are in a relationship and you are not happy. Um, so um, we, we're only on this planet for limited time. So we should enjoy our lives, not, not, you know, not be unhappy because we're in a relationship that we really don't want to be in. So it, it, it doesn't have to be doom and gloom mm -hmm. and you can definitely, you can start over at any age, any age. I'll say from experience. So whether you're going through, there's no such thing as a good divorce, but you know, I've had one that was went smoothly for both parties. It was, you know, mutual and that was it. We just went our separate ways and then one was challenging, but Either way, in both of those situations, when I walked out of court that day and it was finalized, it was like the weight of the world was off my shoulders. Yeah, when you're going through it, oh yeah, it's it's, it's awful. Getting there is the hard part. Getting there is a the hard part. Yes, it definitely is. And but when it's over, you're you're right. The you you just feel relieved. Yeah, and, and that's when you realize, okay, now it's time to turn the corner and look forward. Correct. It should be, yes. So therapy is always an option, correct? And it's not just excuse me, couples therapy, but also one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, and so if you're struggling in your marriage, you know, couples counseling is always an option, and I always encourage that. Um, and if you are contemplating a divorce and struggling with making that decision, definitely talk with a therapist. And if you're going through a divorce, definitely talk with a therapist. Um, you know, a therapist is um, very objective. Um, when, you know, I don't know about you, Steve, but when I was going through mine, sometimes people would say things to me that, weren't all that helpful mm -hmm. um, and kind of annoying mm -hmm. <laughs> for lack of better terms, but, um, and sometimes wrong, you know, they would be giving me kind of bad advice. Um, so I, having a therapist is, uh, I call therapy, the honest zone, the safety zone, the no judgment zone. So that therapist is going to listen to you and, and help you make the decision. He or she cannot make the decision for you or he or she doesn't have a magic wand to, to make everything better, but they can be a support system for you going through that process. Um, you know, folks have to remember that your attorney is not a therapist. They, all they're trying to do is, um, they're trying to get you divorced under whatever state law is. That's what their job is. Their job mm -hmm. is not to be a therapist. So, um, you know, definitely save the emotional stuff that you're going through if you are with a therapist versus the attorney. Yeah, and, and I was reminded of that by my attorney who said, you know, I'm not a therapist. You pay me to be an asshole. So yeah. that's 
And that's exactly what he told me. I'm just repeating it verbatim. Um, he said, I'm not here to be a nice guy. Yeah. But you, you made a good point about therapists, obviously, um, because friends and family who are close, whether it's on your side or not, but if they're close to the situation, I think everybody has their own agenda. And a they therapist, do. right, is kind of out of the circle and they have no agenda. Exactly. Exactly. So you're, you're spot on with that. Yes. And you also... You had a lot of other points here, um, great points, I think, to take care of yourself, sleep, healthy diet, self-care, no alcohol, no drugs especially, um, and then exercise, which also helps with stress. Yeah, so, so those right there should be part of everyday living. So no matter what we're going through, whether um, everything's hunky-dory, whether we have a mental health condition, whether we have um, a physical condition, whether we're going through a divorce, I don't care what it is, those tools always have to be in our toolbox, which is getting a good night's sleep, having a healthy diet, taking care of your self-care, you know, doing those things that make you feel good every day, but not alcohol, not drugs, not cigarettes. And of course, exercise. Um, all of those things will help you. You know, some people, you just want to um, roll up in a little ball and, you know, put your head under the covers and, and, and not go, you know, not want to take care of yourself. And that is the worst thing that you can do um, if you're, if you're um, getting a divorce. So that's taking care of yourself physically. And now mm -hmm. we can talk about taking care of yourself mentally. So surround yourself with positive people, good positive people um, mm -hmm. who will encourage and support you and not bring you down. Right. And I have to say, I, so um, when I was going through it, and again, it was something, it was a choice that I made. So it was, um, and I had thought about it a long time and, and I wanted to do it, but I still needed support. And I remember my, uh, I, I have, I am blessed, Steve. I have a lot of friends and there was one particular friend um, who she was my rock for me. Mm -hmm. And she would, um, you know, if I needed to talk with someone, she would be my go-to person. Um, and she wouldn't get emotional and she would keep my head screwed on, you know, because I, you know, I would get upset about certain things because my divorce was kind of dragging on and on. It went on for like a year and three months and I had to live in the house for a year and three months before I could leave. And that was not fun. So, um, so she always kind of kept my head screwed on when I felt like it was coming off. Um, and, um, and I always tell her that, that she was just, cause she was always calm. You know, when I was when I was in my storm, she was the calm to my storm. So she was the lighthouse. She was the lighthouse. She was the beacon. My friend, uh, I, I get a call her out, Deb Walmsley. She she was um, uh, she she a great support uh, to me. So, yeah. And she is a great person because I know her. Really? Yes. You do? Yes. Oh, my. Yeah. She's she's an amazing person. And, um, and, uh, there is this song, um, in Wicked for good. I don't know if you've ever seen that I show. absolutely love yeah. that play, the CD, yeah. and I've read the book. Yeah. So that song for good, she had taken me to Wicked and that song makes me cry every time I hear it mm -hmm. because I think of her and, um, and how she just, when I felt my head coming off, she would just prop me right up and, and I would be able to just move forward and, you know, uh, calm down and, and just move forward. So, yeah. And talk about being emotional. I can't get through that play yeah. without being emotional. I know without crying, right? <laughs> it's a yeah. great story. It is. Yeah. It is. It is a great story. It is a great story. And, this point that you that you brought up, which I thought was great because this also ties in to what you were telling me during the pandemic is to stay active and but to take up a hobby and revisit a hobby that you might have given up. Yeah. 
So I have seen, and I'm sure you have as well, Steve, and this is something that I did not do when I got married, but I've seen it with other people where people give things up. They give up hobbies, they give up friends, they, mm-hmm. they give up interests. And that's, a, that's not a good idea. I mean, when you're married, yes, the two become one and it's your family, but you, the two, the couple should still have their interests outside of the marriage as long as it's not, you know another woman or another man. Uh, yeah, but okay. if, if you have to give up friends, though, to be with someone, then that might be a red flag right there. Right, right. And so you, we see people who do that. Mm-hmm. And then when you get divorced, you have nobody. Right. So, Good point. Um, yeah, so it, you know, but if you you find yourself in a situation where you did do that, it's important to stay active, you know, um, take up a hobby or um, maybe you did something before, you know, you played golf or you played baseball, you played hockey or, you know, you danced or you sang or whatever, um, you know, revisit doing that again. Um, and, and that helps you not be isolated, you know, and also have an outlet as well. Right. And you're never too old to start over. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. And, and, and I said, after the rain, there is a rainbow and, and we forget that, you know, after the storm, there's, there's usually a rainbow or something. And it's hard to see that when you're going through it, but, um, you are never too old to start over. Um, um, as long, you know, when you have your health, you have everything. And so, um, you know, you can start over. It's not, like I said, it's not all doom and gloom. So now you've made it through. And if you're listening and now you're, you're divorced and you're, you're starting over and how about some advice now for moving ahead? Uh, I know one thing you, you told me is don't date right away. And that's, that's really my advice. You really need time to heal. Um, mm-hmm. And you really need to be honest with yourself in terms of why the relationship failed. And so are there situations where, you know, it, you know, it's like one person did something that was the other person just couldn't forgive? Absolutely. But, you, you know, it, it, it usually does take two for a relationship to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, so really have that introspective about what your part was in the marriage not working out um, and be honest with yourself because we end up doing the same things over and over again. You know, humans, we, we tend to um, do the, you know, kind of the definition of insanity, the same thing over and over again. And we think that the result is going to be different. Um, so you know, my advice is to wait a little bit um, and figure out what you really want and and be alone for a little bit before you jump into another relationship with somebody else. That's a fantastic point. So you really need to ask yourself, is there something I need to work on or something I mm-hmm. need to do differently? Yeah. Um, because like you said, it, it takes two. Yes. That that's, that's a really great point. Yeah. And that gives you time to heal, as you said, as well, that, that alone time. And, right. And always seek counseling, if at all possible. Yeah, that is the, the best. Um, and I'm not just saying it because that's the work that I do. It, it really is the one place that somebody can go and share their feelings, their thoughts, their worries their fears, their anger, you can do everything there. And that person is not going to judge you at all. Um, they are going to support you. Um, they're going to help you um, get through it. So, and they, and they don't have any biases. So, so I highly, highly recommend um, that. Or, it, you know, if it's not um, if it's not a therapist, you know, there are spiritual leaders too. So if you're part of a church and you, you need support, you know, go see your pastor or your priest or 
whoever, and, and hopefully they will support you. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist, but it should be somebody who is going to be objective and not, not give you bad advice or not tell you things that you want to hear or anything like that. That's great. I always feel better. I actually feel smarter every time I talk to you. So <laughs> you're a wealth of information and good advice. So well, that's kind. And I appreciate the opportunity. And like I said earlier, if there, I'm all about if there's one person who hears this, and it helps them, then then we've done good. So right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So thank you again. I always appreciate you visiting us. And I'm sure we'll be chatting with Diane a lot more in the future. I hope so. I have a blast. So again, thank you to Diane. We always love having her on the show. Uh, like I said, Diane and I have known each other forever. Uh, it's always fun and enjoyable speaking with her. And she's going to be on quite a few times. And we're going to touch on a whole bunch of different topics. And as I said earlier, we, we do have some really great guests coming up. Uh, one gentleman is a pub, uh, national public speaker. And I think he's going to have some really good information. It's going to be informative and enjoyable. I can't say too much at this point because we haven't nailed it down yet, but we are still working on that. Uh, so give us a week or two. But again, look for all of our upcoming episodes on the website, www.savopediamedia.com. We really appreciate it. Listen every week on all your favorite podcast apps. And I will ask you, please... Give us some ratings or reviews on any of the apps you listen to us on. Uh, it would mean a lot, and it, it really helps us out a lot, especially on Apple and Spotify. So please, if you are listening to this podcast, just take a second uh, to give us a review and rating. Again, be honest, uh, but either way, we do appreciate it. It helps us to make a better show. And it also helps to get us uh, out there onto more of the podcast apps. Uh, so again, I really appreciate it. I do want to end with a question of the week. So with Thanksgiving and the holidays coming up, tell us how you plan to celebrate this year. How will it be different from every other year? Obviously, with all things considered in the middle of a pandemic, I know it's uh, going to be starkly different this year, not being able to have large crowds of family over, but just want to know, how do you normally celebrate? How do you, or what do you do to normally celebrate? We always love hearing from people and learning about the different traditions. I personally work with a lot of people from many different backgrounds. It's a very uh, diverse culture where I work. So it's always interesting learning everybody's different traditions. And, you know, that's the other thing. I was talking with someone today on Facebook. Obviously, the last couple of days I've been glued to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, with everything else going on. But I get people on, on both sides, and I understand, every, I understand everybody's point. But you got people who are adamant that say, well, I just say Merry Christmas and that's it. So Merry Christmas. Well, I understand that. You know what? I was born and raised as a Catholic and I understand Merry Christmas. We celebrate Christmas in my family. But not everybody does. And I don't know for the life of me, I can't understand why people get so upset when you say Happy Holidays to someone. We're not taking Christmas out of anything. But Happy Holidays signifies especially for me, like I said, I work in a, a diverse culture, right? So I work with Jewish people. I work with people of color who celebrate Kwanzaa. I work with Asian people. I work with Indian, uh, Asian Indian people. So there's people from all over the world, uh, Turkey, Scotland, you name it. 
we pretty much have it in our building. So for me, it's, it's always easier just to say happy holidays. And I think it's more respectful not to single any one person out and you know what, call it being politically correct. If you want, uh, I just think it's being a, a decent person. So again, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you want to say to me, that's fine. But I, I, I always say happy holidays, but getting back to my original question is how do you celebrate the holidays? How do you celebrate Thanksgiving? Tell us how you plan to celebrate this year. Send us an email, steve at savopediamedia.com. Uh, you can also post it on the website. There's there's a contact us tab. You just click on that. It'll bring you to, I think it directs you right to the email anyway. Uh, so use that email and let us know. And in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be sharing the answers that we got. And hopefully we can share your traditions with everyone who listens throughout the United States. And we actually have folks from five different countries now listening. So we're really excited about that. And if you are listening from a country outside of the United States, again, please email me, steve at savopediamedia.com and let us know how you celebrate your holidays. I'd love to share it with everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And look for us next week, and we will see you soon. Thank you. Mm -hmm.